welcome to National Transport Podcast, episode 15. My name is Alex, and in this week's episode we'll be looking at the Manchester franchise details have been unveiled at a GMCA consultation, Megabus taking delivery of new vehicles and updating its livery, a major 1 billion euro investment in the contract caps for summer success for National Express, the WYCA declaring interest in the first West Yorkshire sale, Courtney Buses and Thames Valley are merging their operations. Electric Bus Depot planned for a former RAF airfield park stormy in Bridgend. The 11th hour deal with Joe Branford which saved Wright Bus. 15 buses destroyed in the second Arnson attack on Diamond Buses in 12 months. West Midlands receiving £30 million funding for route upgrades. McGill's buses are being criticised for lack of investment. Oxford price freeze pledged to the Oxford Tube from Stagecoach and a call for buses in Norwich to be brought back under public control and as always you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast National Facebook National Transport Podcast you can email the show at nationaltransportpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit the website bit.ly forward slash NATTP if you could spare five minutes, you could fill out the survey at bit.ly forward slash ntpqna, or you can donate to the Patreon at bit.ly forward slash Patreon bus. So, let's get on with the show. Manchester franchise details are unveiled in GMCA consultation. Up to 10 large and 25 small franchises will be awarded if the scheme gains approval. The Greater Manchester Combined Authority GMCA, detailed its proposed bus franchising scheme, which will require £122 million of funding over a five-year transitionary period. The details were unveiled at a consultation into reform in Greater Manchester, which runs until the 8th of January 2020. Transitional funds will come from several sources, including earn back money from central government as part of a devolution agreement, the mayor's bus budget, council tax, local authority contributions and business rates. While modelling shows that franchising would deliver a short-term patronage boot, long-term forecasts predict a decline at the same rate as non-funded schemes. Further investment to improve the quality of the system is thus likely to be required, the consultation says. The second phase has no committed funding, but the need for it is shared across other means of reform. Decision on whether franchising will go ahead is due on 6th of March 2020. Details of franchising makeup have been revealed. Introduction would be in three trenches between the 2nd of April 2021 and the 10th of March 2023. Up to 10 large franchises will be awarded for the combined peak vehicle requirement PVR of 1,250. 25 small franchises with individual PVRs of up to 14 will also be issued with a restriction on the number that a single operator can hold. GMCA would seek to take control of strategic depots and provide them to operations of large franchises for delivery of franchises operations. That it says is to avoid bidders that already own suitable premises from gaining a competitive advantage. Doing that may involve the provision of temporary depot facilities by GMCA or building of new ones. Compulsory purchase orders could be used for existing garages. Responsibility for depots for small franchises would be with the franchisee. Operators would continue to provide buses, but GMCA would introduce a residual value mechanism to guarantee the future worth of these fleets when the franchise ends. Moving to Megabus. 
Megabus takes delivery of new vehicles and updates its livery. Stagecoach owned Megabus has started to take delivery of its new Plaxton Panorama bodied Volvo B11Rs. The six 14.5 metre long Plaxton Panoramas will replace the Van Hall Astromegas coaches on the Anglo Scottish M11 service from Aberdeen to London, which operates three full length journeys in each direction per day, along with a number of shorter workings. Megabus is offering customers a preview of its new vehicles prior to them entering service. They can be seen on Wednesday the 16th of October in Aberdeen bus station from 0900 to 1200 hours, and then in Dundee bus station from 1400 to 1700 hours. They will be also be shown on Perth, Broxton Park and Ride from 900 hours to 1200 hours, and Glasgow Buchanan bus station from 1400 hours to 1800 hours on Thursday the 17th of October. The introduction of the new vehicles also brings an update to the livery, which has been changed amid the popular Megabus character Sid, and the .com from the fleet name. Roller of the new livery is expected to take two years, although it's already off to a good start with the six new Plaxton Panoramas earlier batches of Plaxton Elite are going for repaint, and some of the left-hand drive Van Hall TX21 Altoners being taken out of storage to use on the now stagecoach-owned South Gloucester bus and coach. In other news, major 1 billion euro bus contract caps a sum of success for National Express. Casablanca Wind follows renewal of a near doubling of its second largest US transit contract. Already the largest bus operator in Morocco, this up to a 15 year contract nearly doubles National Express's presence. Starting next month, this contract in Morocco's largest city means National Express is now the sole operator in five of the country's six biggest urban areas. National Express will operate more buses in Morocco than in the UK from next year. Follows a successful summer including a renewal of significant expansions of our second largest US transit contract, with anticipated revenue nearly doubling to $420 million over seven and a half years. National Express PLC is pleased to announce its Spanish and Moroccan division ALSA has been awarded a major bus contract in Casablanca for up to 15 years. Casablanca is Morocco's largest city and economic capital. The contract is expected to secure more than 1 billion euros in revenue over its term. The contract will start in November 2019 with an initial 400 buses in operation. This will increase to 700 buses next year, carrying 100 million passengers annually. As well as operating the bus service, the contract includes responsibilities to include new payment and scheduling systems, along with a network redesign. This contract has been awarded to the ALSA because of their reputation for excellence within Morocco, recently reinforced with the successful startup of the over 400 bus rapid contract in August, as in other Moroccan cities, this is an opportunity for further growth also in other local Casablanca transit markets, such as school buses and tourist services. This cap a successful summer of National Express, including the renewal of a significant expansion of our second largest US transit contract in Boston. This renewal for up to seven and a half years, starting in January 2020, has seen revenue nearly double to $420 million across the contract. Small contract wins in New York and Connecticut continue to develop our hub strategy for efficient growth from existing locations in major urban areas. Additionally, the excellent startup of our new 400 vehicle accessible transport business in the West Midlands over the summer has helped us build a strong credential 
to target expansion in this interesting and growing market. The Casablanca contract is for an initial 10 year term with an optional 5 years depending on well established performance criteria. Applying for the same performance criteria, ALSA secured a 5 year extension to its Marrakesh contract in 2014. Due to its start late in the year, as well as startup costs, we expect that the Casablanca contract to make only a small contribution to this year and next year's earnings. After that, we expect the contract to build to around typical ALSA margins. Moving on, the WYCA declares interest in first West Yorkshire sale. The West Yorkshire Combined Authority has announced that it will source expert advice as it considers how it might take part in the sale of first West Yorkshire. First Group has not stated that its West Yorkshire arm is on the market as a standalone business, however WYCA says it must consider all the opportunities presented by the sale. WYCA adds that the government's renewed interest in the role of bus services may also present further opportunities to ensure our communities are better served. Responding to the announcement of a first bus spokesman said, In May we announced that we will pursue strategic options to separate first bus from first group. This could be via a sale, either as a whole or as in part, or by other means such as demerger or partnership. Our bus companies are attractive businesses and we are seeing interest from a wide range of parties. Although we do not comment on market rumours or speculation, it would be incorrect at this stage to say any one outcome is more likely than the other. Moving on, Courtney Buses and Thames Valley are merging operations. They are combining their operations in Slough and Windsor with Thames Valley buses. Buses in the areas will not now show the Thames Valley name but will be operated by Courtney Buses. In the next coming year, we plan to have all our buses fall under the Thames Valley name. With the departure of our former Managing Director Bill Courtney, we feel this more accurately shows the area we operate in. Exciting times coming. We are happy to announce that they are bringing new vehicles to the routes. The Route 5 will have more capacity including space for buggies. Route 10 will gain more modern buses and high specification interior with low emission engines. And you may have already noticed our new buses that have already gone into service in advance of these changes. As part of the merger operations, we are introducing new great value integrated single and return fares between common points on Route 2, 10, 15, 16, 16A and Green Line 702-703. We are introducing boost fares across routes 2, 10 and 15, which will open up cheaper fares for younger people aged 18 and under. There will be a new slim, Simply Slough and Windsor ticket zone for day and season tickets including Heathrow Airport, excluding Legoland Windsor Resort. This will include simplified pricing for adult and boost on all Thames Valley buses routes 2, 5, 10, 15 and Green Line 702, 703. Moving on, Electric Bus Depot plans for former RAF airfield Park Stormy in Bridgend. Plans have been submitted for an electric transport hub in Bridgend which would store and charge electric buses. The plans by Seenin Renewables are one acre site at Park Stormy in Stormy Down. This sustainable transport hub would include 16 parking spaces to store and charge electric buses, 16 HGV electric charging stations, 17 private vehicle parking spaces for staff, 2 private vehicle electric charging stations and a hub container office. In its planning statement, Canaan Renewable said that the park storming was ideally located for the hub being between three of the key strategic regeneration growth areas, Porth Crawl, 
Valley's Gateway and Bridgend, with excellent links to the A48 and M4 while also being less than 10 miles from Port Talbot. It highlights the environmental benefits that could be achieved by replacing the county's diesel bus fleet with electric buses says, and said its proposal would enable the county to operate electric buses in line with others like Newport and Cardiff. On to Wrightbus now, 11th hour deal with Joe Bamford saves Wrightbus. After a long wait to find out if Wrightbus still had a chance of being purchased, the factory workers finally got the news they wanted to hear at 1000 hours on Friday the 11th of October. A statement from Joe Bamford was released which read, We are delighted to announce that the morning I have agreed to terms on a deal in principle with the Wright family for the Wrightbus factory and land. We are still to conclude a deal with the administrators, but are pleased to report the important step in the right direction. Excuse the pun. I would like to thank Ian Paisley, MP, for his hard work and diligence in the helping immediate at this at this hard time, and it's been tricky in those negotiations. The Belfast Telegraph reported that Jeff Wright, owner of Wright Bus Factory and Land, said the deal was reached following intensive overnight negotiations between the two parties over the sale of Wright Bus to, to Rise Hydrogen. In a statement he said, the outcome of the negotiations involved paganism and arrived at an arrangement which ultimately is in the best interests of the long-term sustainability of the bus manufacturing business and jobs of the Ballymena area. Mr Bamford, a firm, will acquire the entire premises at Galgorm, including the factory, fixtures and fittings, as well as the associated land. Wishing Joe Bamford every success, Jeff Wright confirmed that he had gifted, gifted 40 acres of family-owned farmland to the Mid and East Antrim Council, by way of a legacy for the people of Ballymena in recognition of their contribution over 70 years to the service of Wrightbus. This legacy gift is a tribute not only to my father, his father before him, and the Wright family members, but most importantly the generations of workers who helped build a proud manufacturing tradition in Ballymena. This is my true wish to see the legacy used for the purpose of expanding manufacturing and benefiting my local community. Mid and East Antrim Borough Council have ambitions manufacturing plans led by Council Chief Executive Anne Doggerty uh, for Ballymena and the Wright Bus Legacy Lands which could be used as a landmark project to grow jobs and industry. I believe this is the, of the Wright Bus Legacy Land would send a clear message to Northern Ireland and beyond that Ballymena has a strong future in advanced manufacturing. The deal is still to be finalised with the administrators, but it is strongly believed that the deal will be concluded in the coming days. It is hoped that all 1,300 employees will be able to return to work, with one worker saying, We just want to get back to work now and continue to build world-class buses. Bus operators around the world which operate right bus products will also be pleased to hear the good news, knowing that the vehicle spare supply chain, product support and new vehicle warranties could potentially be reinstated in the coming weeks. Moving on, 15 buses destroyed in second arson attack on Diamond Bus in 12 months. 15 buses were seriously damaged at the Tiverdale industry industrial estate after a second arson attack on the bus firm in 12 months. Flames ripped through the eight Diamond Buses on Tuesday night which were parked up in the auto base industrial estate off Tipton Road. 20 firefighters battled the blaze for around two hours after the alarm was raised at 10 past 9 at night. The fire caused up to £150,000 of damage, police say. It comes just after six diamond buses were destroyed at the site in January. 
a West Midlands police spokesman said, Police are investigating a suspected arson attack on buses at a depot on Tipton Road in Tivendale. Officers are, were contacted by the West Midlands Fire Service around 9.40 after 15 buses were set on fire. It's estimated that the fire has been caused between £75,000 and £150,000 worth of damage, Sergeant Richard Bird from 4CID said. This is a serious act of criminal damage which could have, have harmed many people. We are taking this matter seriously and have launched an investigation. We're working to secure evidence that will be able to identify whoever is responsible and urge those with information to get in touch. A spokesman for Diamond Bus said, We are currently cooperating with the police investigation and understand that CCTV evidence shows individuals leaving the site. We are reviewing our systems following the second incident in a year at this location. A number of vehicles were damaged as a result of the attack. All the vehicles that were damaged were parked to be sold and not part of our daily operations, so thankfully this did not have an impact on our service delivery this morning. In the January arson attack, all six buses were scrap vehicles. The incident has also prompted a police investigation. Anyone with information should contact police and quote crime number 20SW slash 238532B slash 19. In West Midlands, West Midlands to receive £30 million for bus route upgrades. The funding package will go towards the creation of new bus lanes, upgrades to junctions and better bus stops to improve journey times and reliability, to offer a convenient alternative to the car. Improvements will be focused on Birmingham City Centre and links to the South and West Birmingham and Dudley, offering passengers quicker connections as well as links to the expanding metro, rail and sprint networks. The investment is backed by a grant of more than £24 million from the Department of Transport, topped up with the funding from West Midlands Bus Alliance Partners, which includes Birmingham City Council and Transport for West, Mid West Midlands. Part of the West Midlands Combined Authority, Mayor of the West Midlands Andy Street, who has had a series of meetings with government on bus services, said, We are already seeing bus use beginning to rise in the West Midlands, bucking the national trend. Thanks to measures such as half-price ticket travel for 16 to 18 year olds, convenient contactless ticketing and live travel information apps. Now this new investment from the government will allow us to further improve bus journeys across the region, making them quicker and more reliable and helping to better connect people to work leisure opportunities throughout the West Midlands. Moving on now, McGill's Buses MD criticises lack of investment. McGill's Buses Managing Director Ralph Roberts has criticised local and national government for favouring the car and train over buses. He says the bulk of infrastructure money goes for those modes despite buses delivering 74% of public transport journeys. Buses receive peppercorn levels of infrastructure investment, he adds. The Greenock operator carries almost 750,000 passengers per week and since 2014 has invested around £21 million in its fleet. Mr Roberts says that McGill's is in discussions with government at both local and national levels to release more funding for buses. Local politicians see doing so as a high-risk strategy that may lead to voter backlash. They need to remember that bus users are also voters, he adds. Mr Roberts was speaking after McGill's revealed its financial results for the year, ending December 2018. On a turnover of £38 million, it recorded a pre-tax profit of £1.4 million, an increase on 2017. 
However, the operator recorded a drop in passenger numbers that believes has been driving driven by high street decline. Echo, echoing Mr. Roberts' views, Director Sandy Aylesdale has called for more investment in waiting facilities and better management of car parking and roadworks. Moving up to Oxford now, Stagecoach price fee pledge for Oxford Tube. Bosses at Stagecoach in Oxfordshire are taking a look at how they can fill the gap left by scrapping of the X90. Last week, Oxford Bus Company stunned its passengers by informing them that the X90 would end on the January the 4th. The decision puts pressure on the commuters who have used the X90 to look at alternatives, including taking Stagecoach's Oxford Tube or the train. Stagecoach has been looking at its options and says it won't put prices up on the Oxford Tube tickets until spring 2020. Today it has also announced the possibility of introducing new lines to Baker Street and in the new year. Chris Coleman, Managing Director for Stagecoach in Oxfordshire and the Oxford Tube said, We have reviewed the situation and recognised that our current passengers on the Oxford Tube along with those affected by the withdrawal of the X90 are concerned about the capacity issues and affordability of the service for the future. We would like to reassure customers that we are looking to enhance the current Oxford Tube timetable to increase capacity along with the possibility of introducing new links to Baker Street in the new year. With regards to fares, we will be operating with the current fares and have no plans to change these in the immediate future, and we will review them as part of our annual fare review in spring 2020. We will be releasing more details in due course, and in the meantime we will continue to operate the Oxford Tube to a t current timetable operating 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And finally, calls for buses in Norwich to be brought back under public control. A call has been made for the millions of pounds to be sought for transformed transport in, in and around Norwich, to be partially used to bring back buses under public control. Council officers have unveiled a wish list of projects they hope to secure a share of £1.2 billion of government cash for the Transforming Cities Fund. The money will be up to grabs for 12 cities who can convince the government that their schemes will encourage people to travel via low-carbon, sustainable means of transport, with a focus on public transport, cycling and walking schemes. Schemes Transport for Norwich officers want to submit include a network of mobility hubs, a revamp of Castle Meadow, more public transport routes at Norwich Airport and Norwich Research Park, and an extension to the Fickthorn Park and Ride. Members of the Transforming Cities Joint Committee will be asked to agree the bid next week, but Green Councillors have their own complementary proposals. They want Norwich to reintroduce electric or hydrogen powered buses to cut carbon and air pollution to take and take a leaf out of London's books by franchising bus services. Denise Carlo, transport spokesperson for the City Council Green Group said, whilst we welcome the proposal for greatly improved public transport infrastructure, Norwich must move to a clean, renewable energy for powering buses on a bus corridor selected for improvement. And she added that franchising could be a way to go to get better bus services. She said, Franchising would enable the county council to specify bus timetables, fares and bus standards. There are too many instances where city buses don't turn up or bus operators decided to change services at short notice. Martin Wilby, chairman for the joint committee said, We welcome the views shared by and are grateful for the broad support shown by the green councillors for our proposal. 
The application is based around clean transport and zero carbon buses is most certainly an aspiration shared by the transport for Norwich partners, but it wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment further at this stage as the feedback received for all shared stakeholders will be presented for consideration by the committee. And that's all for me this week. So, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast National, Facebook, National Transport Podcast. You can email us at nationaltransportpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit the website at bit.ly forward slash NATTP. If you spare five minutes, you can fill out the survey at bit.ly forward slash NTP Q&A. Or you can donate to our Patreon at bit.ly forward slash Patreon bus. And just as a note, Kieran is on holiday for the next three weeks, so we won't be having him for the next three episodes. See you all next week. Thank you.